0: Bill. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for this, uh, this great man of God, Lord. And we pray today, Lord, for the sermon that he's prepared for us, Lord. We pray that it will resonate in our hearts, Lord, that it, we, it will last all week, Lord. Not only this week, but forever, Lord. We pray that you will just bless him, Lord, as he brings your word to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.
1: Bless you, Linda. I'm right, right. Okay, Just check on the time, see where we're at. I've got a reading for you from uh, Matthew's Gospel, uh, chapter 18. I want to read some verses from 15 to 20 of Matthew chapter 18. if your brother sins against you come and show him this fault just between the two of you if he listens to you you have won your brother over but if you will not listen take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses if he refuses to listen to them tell it to the church And if he refuses to listen, even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. goes on to say, I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. In this passage, God makes three promises. It's God, it's Christ speaking in this passage. The promise is I will give you authority to bind and loose things. We have an authority that comes to us from heaven. It's as though we can speak and heaven speaks. But it's together we have this authority. Another promise is, he says, I am very willing to answer all your prayers. He says, I'll tell you the truth. In other words, you're not going to believe this. That's why I say, I've got to tell you the truth. Listen carefully. Whatever you bind on earth, he goes and say. and again I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, It will be done by your Father in heaven. That's a fantastic promise. Two promises there. One, that we have authority. And two, we can pray for whatever we ask for in prayer. And God will do it for us. And the third one is, for where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. God says, I promise that when you gather together, I will presence myself in your midst. Isn't that why you came? You didn't come for the tea, did you? You didn't come for just to meet friends. You didn't come uh, simply because it's what you do every Sunday. You came with the expectation that God would presence himself in our midst. That's what we're all about, God in our midst. Where the promises of God are, there are conditions attached not not in every case but in most of the cases I'm told there are something like 8,000 promises in God's word, I've never checked them all out and I've never found a book that's listed them all and that's a lot to read anyway isn't it but there are many many promises some don't have conditions attached he said I'll never leave you or forsake you didn't he sometimes we pray Lord I'm going on this journey will you be with me why do you pray that prayer It's an insult, isn't it? You say, well, I I just want to remember my position. Your, Your position is a child of God. And you're supposed to live by faith because without faith it's impossible to please God. And so when you're going anywhere or doing anything, God says, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you, ever. I'll never, ever leave you. In the home, in the road, in the workplace, everywhere. He's with us all the time. If it is a promise, and it has a condition attached to it, it is not a question of praying for God to do what he promises to do. But It's a question of fulfilling the condition. It says that the Lord is watching everywhere where men and women are fulfilling the promises, are fulfilling the conditions of what he will do. Remember that one in Malachi? Well, you can't miss it, because so many preachers put you under the bondage of this one. It says, if you tithe, I will open the floodgates of heaven and bless you. What he's saying is, if you don't tithe, I won't do that. Well, I don't believe that's true for New Testament children of God. I think that's true for Old Testament children of God. But you see, that was a condition. They didn't have to pray for the blessing of God. God said, if you do this, I'll do that he watches over his word to perform it to make it happen in your life you just have to do it and it will come you don't have to remind God to do it do you think he needs reminding of keeping his promises I don't think so sometimes it's not instantaneous with God but the promise is on its way don't ever doubt that for one minute there are lots of if my people aren't there if 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 we do this I'll do that he said in a famous one, if my people will, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will heal their land. Mm. What he says, if you don't do those things, I won't heal your land. It will stay desolate and parched. So we've got to be very careful that when we read the word of God, if we see a condition attached to a promise, we look to fulfill the condition with the best of our ability and grace. What's he driving at in here? What what is the condition that he's making here? I found it's the same for all promises. It says, Whatever you, the church, do together, as you come together to bind or to loose, if we don't do it together as a church, it doesn't work. It's about being united. Having one voice. Uh, God was very um, careful about this. Remember in the Old Testament where he says, if you all come together and agree with one voice, there isn't anything you cannot do. And that's when he divided us with all the different languages. So he understands the power of unity. If, If brethren come and dwell together in unity, doesn't he say, I will command the blessing? Commanded, how strong in unity a blessing is commanded upon us. So, I'm, I think it's right to think if we don't come together in unity, there is no blessing. And you can pray for it till the cows come home. Exclude that, but you can pray for it. It won't come. It won't come because we pray. It becomes, It comes because we fulfil the conditions. He then goes on to say, if two of you on earth agree, again it's unity. It's a number coming together, whether it's two or twenty or two hundred. God says, what I'm looking for is a unity. Don't, don't live as individuals, come with a united prayer. And he says, where two of you gather together in united, I will be there. So conversely, if we're not united, he is coming Some churches, God never visits. Because the people are never united. He can't come. He's tied himself by his own word. It's not possible for him to break his word. He's not a liar. So he says, if you're not united, I can't come. Oh, please, God, come. We sang it in the song. Send your spirit to break out. If we're not united, no spirits. You can sing that forever. It's not going to come. You can cry to God forever. It's not going to come. What brings it is the unity of the people being together. That whole passage from 15 to 17, he doesn't seem to be fussing at what sin has divided these two brothers in the church, but he's making a big fuss that you get over the, the problem that you are divided and you become united. So what he says, go to him, talk to him, try and win him back, try not to get him to think like you think, but win him so you're not divided. And he says, if that doesn't work, go get some others and sit down and talk again and, and try and get this thing sorted because what's most important is that you're united, not who's right, who's wrong so much, what even the sin is, but the united. And then he says, if that doesn't work, he makes a big fuss of it, take it to the church. Because what is paramount in my church is that we're united. We're united. And he says, if that person says, I will not move from my position, I don't want to be united, is what he's saying. He said, you're to treat that person as though he were not part of the body of Christ. We don't throw him out of the church. But we don't look upon him as being part of the body of Christ. Because he says we must remove that from the body of Christ. That which divides us. Must be removed from the body. I want to look at this last one though this morning and focus on this. For where two or three come together. Come together. Then it says in my name. There... I am with them. There I am with them. We want God's presence in our fellowship. Amen. People say, I don't have to go to church. I can sit home and watch it on television. Great preaching on telly these days without a shadow of a doubt. But God comes in a very special way when His body, his children, his family come together. See, when you receive Christ as your Savior, it says the Holy Spirit came and entered into you. He said, I'll never leave you. So there is a sense in which, as individuals, Christ has come and He's not going anywhere, He's staying put. Sometimes we want to do something that he doesn't want to do, and he makes you feel real uncomfortable about that. That's reassuring, though, isn't it? You know what I mean? When you start erring off the path, the spirit within you says, Ooh, don't go there. because I ain't going anywhere. I'm coming with you, and I don't want to go where you're going. He promises never to leave us. That's the individual presence of God in our lives. But there is something wonderful that is much more intense, that when we come together... As a united body, the blessing of God is intense upon us. It is revealed in a way that we do not get it on our own. When we come together, can I suggest what we do is we open up our spirits to one another. Now, if you're at odds with somebody, it's very hard to open up your spirit to them let me give you an illustration imagine you're walking down the street and there's someone a person, a friend of yours you really get on well together you really love them it, it just seems to harmonise when you meet them, so of course you go over and you start to greet them and you start to talk to them and you talk about your family and what's going on and you ask them questions and it's a wonderful experience in talking to them, only talking in the street and eventually of course you have to go your separate ways and you walk away feeling, oh I'm so glad I met that person. I had a good experience. That is your spirit opening up to that person. Now, imagine you walk down the street, and you see someone you know, but you don't get on with them so well. You've had problems in the past. You think, I can't cross the road. That would be terrible. Now, some people do cross the road, and it is terrible. I assure you of that. That is awful to do something. So you say, well, I just have to say good morning. It's not that you've got hatred in your heart or anything. It's just, it's just you don't get it on so well. You know what I mean? So you meet them, and you say, oh, good morning. But you're not open, are you? You're closed down here. You go, well, i just say the pleasantries... I'll just say the nice things, and then we can move on in our own direction. It isn't a wonderful experience. It isn't a good thing, because you've not opened yourself up. You talk the very minimum. You don't share about what you're going through. You don't share about your families. You don't particularly ask them, apart from being courteous, about their family. Your spirit was not open. See, when we come to church, there's something wonderful about unity and that our spirits are open. Are you pleased to see me? Yes. Yes. Amen.
0: Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Well, that's open spirit. If you're not pleased to see
1: me, then your spirit's close to me. If your spirit's close to me, you're not even listening to what I'm saying. I get that. I'm not foolish. I understand that. But you see, as we come together with open hearts, open spirits, we start to embrace one another. We're pleased to come. We're pleased to be here. We look forward to seeing our friends. We look forward to sharing worship together. We look forward to, to everything that we did together this morning. I want to be with you. Even though I've been gone a while, it's a joy to come. It's a pleasure to be with you, to share with you, to enjoy your company, to see your smile, to, to know that you genuinely love me and I love you. And so our spirits can open to this. You see, it's open. And can I suggest that in the opening of our spirit to one another, we open our spirits to God. They go together, you see. If you come and you don't care about one another, your spirit stays closed. Mm -hmm. Whoever did whatever they did this morning, whatever Linda said, uh, whatever Gloria said, was your spirit open to receive that? Were you glad to hear what they had to say? In the songs that we sang and the fact that we sang together, were you open to that? The better that we relate to one another, the better our relationship is to God. That's why he makes such a fuss of it here in this passage. Sometimes we think the most important thing is to understand the Word of God and to to know the Word of God. It's good to understand and know it. But if you don't have love in your hearts, it's a waste of time. Didn't he say that in Corinthians? He said, you could know all mysteries, perform miracles, move mountains, fathom everything out, but if you don't have love in your heart, it profits you nothing.
0: And in Matthew, remember
1: when he says, we did miracles in your name. We we did many miracles, it says. We, We cast out demons. We healed the sick. He said, depart from me. I don't know you. Because you did it because I gifted you, but there was no love. We had no relationship. There was no unity. It's not, see, so much as what we do, know, think, say, but are we united? Seems to make quite a fuss of it here. I quote you something from C.S. Lewis. Most of you would know this author. He's not with us now, but he wrote many fantastic books. God can only show himself as he really is to men and women who are united together in a body loving one another, helping one another, showing him to one another. Consequently, the only really adequate instrument for learning about God is the whole Christian community waiting him together. I don't need you, I'll go after Bible school and find out about God, I'll study, I'll study. You study all you like. You'll fill your head with understanding and knowledge, but that which you don't put into practice, it goes. It's only what we practice. It's the important things of being a body, being people who are together, submitted to one another and loving one another. The closer we get to each other, the closer we get to God. And the closer we get to God, the closer we get to one another. You go, oh, that's so simple, Philip. You think you're so profound. (laughs) No, I don't. This stuff's simple. It's so simple. We have to try this stuff out. We have to put it to the test. That's what it means by devoting yourself to doctrine. Putting it to the test. Seeing if what I say is true. Seeing if what the Bible says is true. In this contemporary church, the church that we have now, we. We take on much that comes from the world. Every church takes on the society that it lives in. It it shouldn't, but it does. It can't help it. It lives in society. We have a very individualistic society. Do you know that? People live as individuals, they don't live in corporate groups. They've got a thousand people that they've got on their phone thing. I don't even know the proper name for it. I despise the whole thing. I've got a thousand people Facebook. who follow me. Facebook, whatever that's it's called. I've got a thousand people who follow me. When did you meet any of them? Well, I don't meet any of them. <laughs> <laughs> we just share how wonderful we are yeah. and how glorious our lives are <laughs> and how everything's wonderful in our lives. Mm. Be careful. I'm not anti this stuff. It really helps if I can't get to meet someone and they put something on here and I'm kept up in news with them that's fantastic but you see it substitutes coming together being one they attend church as little as possible this contemporary church of ours Um, just once a week will do I might not make it every week Maybe once every two weeks, or even once every three weeks, or when I can get there. That's not good. That's not good. We choose to isolate ourselves from one another, mm. denying the very blessing of God that comes only from being united in fellowship. Mm. Fellowship groups are almost abandoned now, do you realise? Mm. Do you remember when fellowship groups came washing into the church? <sighs> I remember when we were pastoring an open door in Ashbridge. We had 17 fellowship groups. I think more people went to fellowship groups than came to church. <laughs> See the Spirit of God moved in a way. I said, I want to, I want to pull you together. I want you to start relating to one another, caring for one another, listening to one another. I want you to be a united people we've abandoned them growing up I went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night you said oh yes, soon you die we don't now do we Very often. it's once now it's just once far too busy to gather together and to be a united people that can experience the corporate blessing of God when we come together Bible school attendance not brilliant prayer meetings not good why? because we live as individuals we're too busy or we're told we're too busy somehow we're conned and deceived that it's not important that we come together it's a lie you know, it's a lie it's a lie what are you doing when you're not meeting with other Christians you're doing what I'm doing watching that stupid television (laughs) reading reading, reading, reading. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You're pushing away the corporate blessing of God in your life. We might sing about it and pray about it, but if we keep ourselves isolated from one another, it's not good. Am I telling you off? No, I'm, not. No, I'm not. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are precious people. You are here. You are here. I can't be
0: telling you off. You want
1: to be with your brothers and sisters. You know the value of being with your brothers and sisters. You understand that. It's clear to you. That's why you're here. Sometimes we forget, don't we? Hebrew says we sometimes drift away. It's subtle how the enemy does it, but we drift away from being united with one another. I want to encourage you, if you feel yourself drifting, force yourself back, back to the body, back to the people of God. In coming together, it's important we share at the deepest level possible. To rush in, say hello to one or two and rush out again, that's better than not coming at all but to share our lives with one another. So you know what I'm going through. I know what you're going through. I can hold your hand and I can pray for you. The blessing of God comes into that union (coughs) where two or three gather in my name. I'm there in the midst of them. So if you're not gathering in his name, if you're not meeting with others, how can he come when he's conditioned himself to coming when we're together? Mm-hmm. He can't do it. He can't lie. Mm-hmm. Children who don't feel, or should I say, children who feel they don't belong to families, they're usually troubled children. Not always, but usually. What do you feel like when you come to hope? What do you feel? What did you feel this morning? Did you feel that you really belonged to Christ when you came? Not just from a theological standpoint, but that you really belonged to him. He's yours. You are his. Did you also feel that you belonged to one another. That's a question only you can answer. Did you feel that you belonged to Christ when you came? Did you also feel that you belonged to one another when you came? If the answer is yes, you can rejoice in that. Praise the Lord! I got something right. Got something right this If it was no. It's no one else's fault but yours. Oh. See, you begin to share yourself with other people. That's it. Well, I expect them to come and share themselves with me. Ooh, well, they might not. So you start sharing yourself. We sit down and someone says, "How are you?" i oh, Always so wonderful. always oh, so wonderful." But if I said to you, listen, my life is so terrible now, would you sit and listen to me? Mm -hmm. Would you want to know what was so terrible? Would you pray for me? Would you not worry that I took half an hour of your time explaining it? Would you listen? I think, oh no, come on, I just wanted you to say fine (laughs) and we can go on no 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 that's not the body of Christ That's, that's not how it works a church that can come together in true relationship will know the blessing of God if not it blocks the blessing of God end of story God can only mediate his presence to the degree that his people are willing to open themselves up to him and to one another. I don't mind talking to God at home. I'm not going to tell you everything. All oh God will ask your kind of He You when you come together, I'll be in your midst. When you come together, I'll presence myself with you. You can't ask God to bless this fellowship, to pour out love in his place, or to presence or to present himself amongst us. His blessing is not dependent on our prayers or our songs, but it is what we do. God's hands are tied. He has established conditions, and when these conditions are met, God is bound by his word to bless us. Thank you, Lord thank you Lord, I'm glad you bound yourself. I'm glad you restricted what you can do to what I do because it puts a responsibility on me. I think as a church, we must learn again the importance of meeting together. You go, well, how are we to do this? I don't know, be creative, be inventive. fellowship groups. Getting together in ministry, opening up your home, saying, "Come, have coffee. Let's get together next week, three or four of us, and just just enjoy each other's fellowship, enjoy each other's company, get to know each other, get to get to talk one with another." It's not magic, and the church doesn't have to arrange it all for you. It's your responsibility if you want the corporate blessing of God. Just getting together in your home with two or three others. And just starting to talk about situations or, or pray amongst yourself. And then feel the blessing of God come because he has committed himself. Where two or three gather together in my name, I will come and be in the midst of them. You've all been there. You've all done it. I'm only telling you what you already know. I'm not telling you nothing new. We usually make friends through a common interest, don't we? You know, if we're, we're elderly, like, you know, Linda was saying, us sort of wrinklies, we all get together, I suppose. And we, we talk about things in the 50s or whatever, you know, when times were wonderful and all that stuff. And if if you're... Uh, if you have children, you get together with other mums who have children as well, and you compare notes, or you think how oh, your children are wonderful and their children are terrible, and you're glad you haven't got children like they got children. That sort of stuff. Or if you're a bloke, you, you know, you do things together. Football, I don't know, sport. You, it interests that you, it brings you together. What on earth can bring us together? Just look around. What a motley crew. <laughs> but what is it that we all have in common? What is it we all have in common? Who is it we all have in common? Jesus. 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 It's is Jesus, isn't it? Yeah. So, we're probably short and cheese, brother. But you love Jesus as much as I love Jesus. That's what makes us It's true. Yeah. It's true.
0: It's true.
1: We should be more together as these people than anyone else in the world. Because Jesus draws us together. For where two or three come together in my name. You see, we meet in the name of Jesus. And do you know the wonderful thing about Jesus? Do you know what Jesus does? The word of God tells us this. He holds all things together. Do you know that verse? He holds the universe together. He holds the stars and the sun and the moon and the planets and the animal world and the vegetable world. He holds it together with the words that come out of his mouth. He holds the universe together. Now don't you think he can hold us together? Do you know why you are here? Because Jesus is holding you together. If Jesus let go of you, you wouldn't ever come back here again. I'll tell you that. He holds it all together. He holds us together. He holds us together. If Christ is in the midst of this church, he's holding us all together. That's fantastic. He does that, but we have a part to play. Always with God we have a part to play. We're not puppets. We have a part to play. Linda spoke about the anchor like the cross. But the cross is symbolic for many things, isn't it? It has this horizontal beam and it has the vertical stanchion. The horizontal is important that we get on with one another. But the stanchion is longer than the horizontal. Because our relationship with Christ comes first. It's paramount. Mm -hmm. It's everything. And from that relationship, this one works out. Mm -hmm. You can't just come to church to have a jolly time. That's not what it's about. You can't come to church so you meet with your friends. That's good. We come to church because we meet with the living God. The vertical stanchion. There is no horizontal beam without the vertical, is
0: there?
1: You can have a vertical one, you just put a pole in the ground and you've got the vertical one, but the horizontal one is fastened to the pole that's in the floor. It's Jesus, you see. He's holding us together. He holds all things together. Whenever you meet together in twos, or twenties, or two hundred, it's Christ that is holding that together. Just before I left, about a year ago, we were struggling with a fellowship group, and so I was going to close it. I like to close things that struggle because sometimes they do more harm than good if they're left like that. Audrey was there at the time when we were discussing this and she said, Philip, you shouldn't close it. I thought, well, there's something in me because loyalty, commitment, wanting to keep going. I get that. I said, well, well, what are we going to do? Yeah, I don't know, but you can't close it. In that meeting, Zora was there, she shared the testimony in a meeting. And she, she said about her life, she opened up her life. And I didn't know anything about Zora really until she started to open up her life. And in the sharing of her life, I got to know her. But God was glorified how he had rescued her so it wasn't only this relationship was better but also this one because God got all the glory I thought this is the answer, we'll do this every week so we had testimony meetings, do you remember them? Yeah. Yes. and people came and shared their testimonies and it was so exciting because I got to know about these people I didn't realise that some of them had such horrendous lives they were rescued from terrible, terrible things. By comparison, I had a charmed life. Rescued from things. And in all of the testimony, God was glorified for what God had done. Amen. What I'm, what am I saying? Start fellowship groups again? Have testimony meetings. See they're all they're all solutions to one major problem, in that we must be united. Maybe a fellowship group isn't the answer. Maybe testimony meetings aren't the answer. But the answer is we get together and we share and we become united as one people and we we appreciate each other's lives and we glorify God in the midst and we say, it's because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. If a church is united, God commands the blessing to come upon it. He commands it. You cannot resist it. When we do what he said, he throws open the floodgates of heaven and the blessings are so much that we cannot contain them. Are you at odds with someone? Sort it because you are starving yourself of the blessing of God by not sorting it I'm not telling you off I'm encouraging you because God has made it simple in his word do, do and to go against it you starve yourself of the very thing that you want more than anything else in the world which is the presence of God in your life let's pray together Father, you're watching over your word even now to perform it. And you we know, Lord, if we move, if we move on this word, if we move to build relationship, if we move to build unity amongst us, we know that the blessing of God will be poured out upon us. Lord, that can be different things for different people. But Lord, we're asking you, please... By your spirit, reveal what you want each one of us to do. Reveal what you want this church to do so that it becomes a united people that they would know the presence of God amongst his people. Lord, you're quick. You're quick to forgive. You're quick again to hear and to pour out your blessing. And so we pray this, Lord, in every confidence that you'll hear. And answer our prayers. And give us the grace and strength, Lord, to move forward, to build a church here for the glory of God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Phil, for that challenging message that
0: we can take forward into this week. Uh, We're just going to have one more song and uh, then do stay on for some